Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julia from Points of View. This is the second part of our podcast with wonderful Brenda, Brenda Schubach Kino and her story. You know, Brenda, we ended the first part of the podcast where you were remembering what happened at 9-11, and you ended saying, sometimes bad things happen, and you can't do anything about it. And my question to you is, how did you heal from all that you experienced? That 9-11 was an atrocity. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, 9-11 ended up triggering a lot of different um, emotions in me, but also it brought back a lot of memories. Um, It brought back memories of when... um, the first really bad experience I had was at um, four years old. And um, then other bad experiences that I had. And I was able to remember some of it, but I wasn't able to remember all of it. And uh, the nice thing is with the internet now, um, you can research things and you can see if it was what you thought it was. And um, that, helps me a lot researching to see if I was accurate. Um, Also, one of the things I I learned to do is trust professionals, um, meaning trust doctors, trust psychiatrists, uh, trust different people. Um, But I went the naturopath way. And and I met some wonderful people and I was able to start to dig in. The other thing is, is I began to write and uh, growing up the way I grew up with dyslexia, um, I didn't like to write because I just was a very poor speller. Um, and what I did is I just started to write. The other thing that helped me is my son, um, the school that I sent him to, he was learning how to write and not to worry about the spelling or worry about the grammar or anything like that. They focused on content. And that almost gave me permission to focus on the content versus everything else. And I found my content to be far richer and for me to be able to find answers to my past and help me with my future. Mm. Wow, that's really deep. So, Julie, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please continue. Nope. Um, so I, I, I think that was really, really beneficial. And um, what I was able to do then is also deal with some of the trauma that I had. Um, an example is, is um, some nights when I would be asleep, I would see, unfortunately, um, you know, a fire. And um, I would remember what I had seen and, and people perishing and children perishing. And um, by me being able to write, I was able to almost isolate that memory and, just, and to pull it away from me and say that happened. There was nothing I could do about it. It's, it, it, you know, all I can do is wish peace towards that and, um, and, and wish harmony um, for the future. And, and that is the way I've been able to deal with some of the, the traumas that I've dealt with. Yeah. 
um, I have some friends right now that are working on movies. And what they're finding is, is that they're finding um, uh, our military, both men and women who have served, uh, when they come back from um, a war-torn um, area, they'll have nightmares at night. And they'll have such bad nightmares that they're afraid somebody's attacking them. And what it does is it, it creates a, a wedge with the person they're having a relationship with, that other person that may be in the bed with them. And it can be terrifying for both people. Um, so uh, the, the movie that the team's working on that I've had the pleasure of being able to work on two different movies with um, is actually taking um, the men and women that served and having them write about their experience and putting music to it. So it becomes a true story that they're able to, that a country singer is able to then go ahead and sing about and it's able to help these people release that trauma and it's actually having amazing results where then um you know the the team both the men and women are able to get through a full night of sleep and i think to anybody out there if you have experienced anything that's causing you to wake up in the middle of the night or causing you not to be able to sleep um take the time to write about it and when you take it and, and you actually put it on paper and you write and what i mean by that is is um Let's be careful about that because some people think, oh, I've got my computer. Now I can type the information in of what I'm feeling. Don't do that. Take an old-fashioned pencil and a piece of paper and write out what you're dreaming about or you're thinking about and date it. Date it as the date that you're writing it and keep one notebook and each day write. And what you'll find is you'll find from your hand to the paper that information flows and it almost allows you to release it um, and it allows you to release it really from your soul um, and it has an amazing um, it'll have an amazing impact on your future yeah I agree with you on that and you know there's a another group and I don't know if I have anybody in my audience that that it fits in this group but I, I, I have um, a sister who isn't able to do that. And she isn't able to write. And because there is a real strength to what you're talking about to physically release. What she does is she'll visualize because she can't write. And she'll sit there and she'll visualize. Yeah. But then whatever she can do within her body, because she has to do a body scan and she isn't able to really control her body either. Um, she'll she'll kind of do a body scan as best as she can, and she tries to feel things and tries to figure out where it is. And it's really interesting to watch because she'll see her do that, and she'll try to connect in a different way because she can't write. And if there's anybody out there who's doing trying to release some emotional trauma, because you know, especially when you have a chronic illness, there's some emotional trauma going on. You try my try what my sister's doing. She's pretty cool. <laughs> she she'll visualize it. She'll really work through that that what what that story is, and she'll try to scan her body and she'll think. And I'm not quite sure quite how the, how the whole download goes, but you can see something's going on with her when she does it. And she also uses music. Music really helps her. So sometimes 
she'll find a piece of music that fits with the story that she can't articulate or write. And she'll, she'll ask me, you know, she'll, when she's having a good day or she'll, or a, a more tiring day, she'll blink yes or no. And tell me what she wants to listen to. And we'll go through that whole list. And that works for her. So Brenda, when you're talking about music, yeah, it's very healing. And if you can find a way of trying to communicate that, I guess I just share that with any listeners who might have the situation where they can't write. I well, you bring share. up a really good point. For me, I, I, I even think, you know, you bring up a really good point because as I'm saying that, for me, going on the computer, I'm constantly interrupted with social media or, or with um, messages or emails. And, and for me to concentrate, it's taking that piece of paper and that pencil and being able to write. But, but you bring up a really great point is, is there are people that can't, that cannot write and they may have to go to the computer and they may have to be able to communicate through the computer. I mean, think about somebody who's gone to war who potentially doesn't have hands anymore. And they need to go ahead and be able to communicate a different way. I have friends who have shared with me that they use watercolors to communicate um, just because writing is almost too intense in the beginning. So to allow a brush to flow with that idea allows them to be able to release. And I think that's very, very critical that somehow you put out there into the universe what's bothering you and then you can see it differently you can almost see it from a micro standpoint of view but then you can also see it from a macro standpoint of view of how you're fitting into the universe and our world and and how to deal with that um definitely yeah 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 and you know another question i wanted to share with you we were kind of talking about this before we started the podcast you have seen so much i i mean wow what you've seen in waco what you saw at 9 11 and what you were trying to do to help people when you go through that kind of experience can you can you see good in people or is it just you know when you see something really awful that you would call evil can you see is there can you see that can you see good after that i just ask i mean you saw so much yeah, I know. And I haven't even seen anything compared to some people um, and what they have seen. You know, um, there was a time where I wasn't able to see a lot of good. Um, but I'm very much, my mind is very much a visionary, you know, like looking into the future. Um, but when I was four, uh, after seeing 9-11, that really triggered a lot inside of me. And um, I actually saw a murder when I was four and I didn't even remember um, seeing that. And so, so 9-11 and everything that happened caused me to be able to reflect back and say, oh my goodness, I, I saw this. I saw this. Um, there was one other thing that was happening too while this was going on and my husband played a huge part. And that was at night when I'd go to sleep, I'd always take the covers and put it above my head. And as an adult. And my husband would be like, you can't do that. You can't breathe. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, I have to have my covers above the head. And he's like, what do you mean? You have to have your covers above your head. And, and, and we reflected back and I'm like, oh my goodness, as a child, I remember 
that my room connected to the attic in our old house and that there were people that were dating my mom at a certain point and they would go into the attic because that's where my dad would stash like all the valuables and they mm. would come through my room and I would put the covers over my head so they wouldn't, for, for me, I was as a child thinking, oh, they can't see me even though they could see me, but that was a way of me protecting myself, putting that layer on myself and, and, and being able to cope with the situation. So I'd, I'd like to say to all those listeners, watch what you do and watch your behavior. Um, because some of the things you're doing may have been, um, but th things to protect yourself, coping mechanisms, almost a way that you were able to deal with your life at a certain point. And you're still as an adult, you know, here I was, my goodness, at, at 40 years old, still putting the covers over my head from trauma that took place when I was five and six and seven years old. Um, and it, it, it's like, my goodness, I, I never all the successes I had, I still was carrying around like a like a blanket um, my past without even being consciously aware I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. that also kinds of makes it interesting for me to think here you had that experience of protecting yourself. I mean, you know, it was just that you were just covering your, the sheets just to feel for that because people are going through the room, nothing more. But isn't it interesting, though, that when you, as you grow, as you grew up, you were working with kids and you were working with children and working, you, you know what I'm saying? Working with the department of justice. And it, it's, it, you're hundred percent right. And it, it gets, it's full circle, right? Um, there I was experiencing trauma as a child. And then I'm going to work with the missing and exploited children. And my heart really, you know, I mean, just completely opened up there. And every case, it's almost like I could feel the wound uh, of the person I was reading about. And that was very, very difficult. Um, and, um, and, you know, you asked about how, how do I see the good in people? You know, I had to always hope someone would come and protect, like someone was there to be able to come and protect this child or this person um, based on what's taken place. Um, you know, skipping forward from, from working with missing and exploited children and, and working in the area of domestic violence. And then my experience with 9-11, I think the way I was able to deal with it is there's something greater than all of us. And that we need to let that, 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 that greater being, whether it be God, whether you believe in angels, whether you, whatever you believe in, there's got to be something greater um, that good people that, that pass um, go to um, and, and, and that um, their life isn't dark that it, it does go on to light. Um, that's really how I, how I pretty much dealt with, um, everything that I have seen and I've seen quite a bit. And a lot of times I feel very, very protected. I mean, there was a, uh, there were two incidents, one in New York city, um, when I was a kid actually with Millie Vanilli, um, and, uh, that I, that I managed to get out of, um, that was, I, you know, I could have been raped. And, and then another one in Las Vegas where the, 
I just happened to run into the police's hands um, at roughly 44 years old and another situation where I could have been raped and potentially killed. So there has always been something protecting me and I've been very, very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, so lots of stories, <laughs> lots of stories, but so interesting. And, and, you know, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about with naturopath and, and being protected. I, I believe in that too. I believe we all have a, that something we're supposed to do and you, you still have a lot to share and you have so much more to share and do. And I also believe that we resonate to people. I mean, look, I come into your coffee shop <laughs> I don't know who you are. And then I find out and I want to do it. And, and even when we did the podcast, I really just was so interested in your organization. I am a force for good. That was so intriguing to me because of, like I said, in my background, I did a lot of service, even though I was performing, I did nonprofit. I did a lot of work with women. Women's issues are very strong for me as well. So we resonated. That's what I think. We resonated. And then, and then, you know, you have gone through this healing journey. You said you started to go and do naturopathic work. I'm interested. What were some of the modes, modalities you used? Yeah, you know, um, I was very fortunate to be able to tap into some very good people. And mm -hmm. I did not realize how powerful breath work is and just breathing. Mm -hmm. And um, for a long time after after trauma, and this is important for a lot of people, after they experience trauma, your breath changes. And what will happen is, is you can actually feel it where it's almost like you're only breathing from um, from from your breast up versus all the way through um, your body. You should be able to breathe all the way through your body to your toes. And many people live in this... And I found myself doing that ever because I would get so nervous and and um, and I would only breathe through half my body and just learning to relax, to calm down and breathe through your whole body and how that that changes everything. And then also a lot also forgiving yourself. That's that's the biggest thing that one can do is just forgive yourself. It could be something for something huge, right? Or it could be for, for the day. Hey, I did not take a half hour today to read. Instead of feeling that guilt and that, it's almost like we wear it like a straight jacket. We got to have this big, heavy weight on us. No, forgive yourself. I let something get in the way. I forgive myself. I'll pick up and I'll do it again tomorrow. I have, I have another day that I can go ahead and accomplish something. Don't yeah. feel like, don't restrict yourself because what that does is that, that diminishes your creativity and um, potential outcomes um, for, for future growth. Yeah. You know, and I'd like to add something to the forgiveness piece. Forgiveness for yourself also means maybe sometimes we take on things that we don't even need to forgive. I mean, yeah. look at what you went through. You saw some stuff and sometimes it's natural for the ego to say, well, what is, what do they call that survivor's guilt? 
You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Survive, uh, survivor's guilt. Yeah. And, and, and why did that happen to this person? And I'm still here. And to allow yourself to realize you, you have a reason to be. <laughs> you should not. You have a reason to be. And if you've got something like that, I, I don't know if I had survivor's guilt, but I, I, my, my grandmother died at, when I, at a formal time of my life. My grandmother hemorrhaged through her esophagus and her abdomen. She had an illness. She was an alcoholic and she had a rare cirrhosis of the liver and she had quit drinking, but the damage was done. So we saw all this. And um, when I was a little girl, I had a trauma because I was, everybody cared. She, she lived in our home. We, we had a hospital bed for her. I helped out in caregiving. I was a little kid, but I liked, I loved my grandmother. But after she died, I didn't realize that I was carrying guilt. It wasn't even survivor's guilt. I was carrying guilt thinking that I didn't take care of her properly. I was, I was, I started at 12 years old, but I carried this guilt. And you know, Brenda, I didn't realize I was carrying this and I was in college and I was all this stuff. And I never allowed myself to forgive for something I had no control over. It was a lie. It wasn't true. And I humbly want to share it with survivor's guilt. It's not true what you're putting yourself through. Right? Right. And when you're putting yourself through that, you're almost putting yourself down, right? And you're not allowing that, that beautiful, creative flower to grow and right. to be able to enhance other people's lives. Instead, you're living in this scared little shell and it, it's not helping anybody around you. It's not helping you and it's not helping anybody around you either. No, no, because we're here to yeah. help each other. You know, we really are here to help and to create. We can create really bad things or we can create really good things. Look, we're on a podcast. You and I are creating some pretty good things here right now. <laughs> We, we are definitely, we are right. And, and I, th I think it's important for the audience to know that, um, just sometimes just let things be, just let it be. Um, oftentimes we feel like we have to have an answer. We have to do something. We got to take action right away. And the biggest thing I'm trying to teach people right now, especially people that are around me is just because someone tells you to jump doesn't mean you have to jump. You can say, I know it's urgent for you. I need a minute and I can get back to you. Um, you know, there's an example. Um, there was this person that went up and, and wanted everyone to sign an agreement. They ran around wanting these people to sign an agreement and the people felt that sense of urgency and they're like, uh oh, better sign it, better sign it. And like, why? You didn't have to sign that. That's actually doesn't allow yourself to read it. It doesn't allow you to understand what you're signing. And you can't make a good judgment call when, you, when you're jumping for somebody else. You have to be able to go at your pace. Sure, the pace has to be reasonable, but it doesn't have to be at somebody else's. We don't have to feel guilt because of someone else. We don't have to feel all these feelings because then it affects our future. We have to slow down, really breathe throughout our body, and then be able to make good decisions. And maybe even breathe and perhaps write 
or think, um, think through something or paint through something. And we'll find out that we come up with a much better outcome. Yes, yes. And, you know, going yeah. back to writing, even though I, you know, I was talking about my sister because that always kind of frustrates me when I, I, too, did a lot of writing. I would write and I would be amazed at the stuff that would come out. And you with dyslexia, me with my little oral wacky pattern that <laughs> I skip words or I confuse sounds. And, you know, I didn't like to write either because people would tell me, you know, that I wasn't smart. But. Yeah. When you went to content, I, I was amazed what was coming out. And then, I don't know if you did this, Brenda, but I also started writing that I am good. I love yeah. myself. That was hard. <laughs> that was hard for me to Very write. Hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm the... I will tell you, and I shared with you about being dyslexic, but, but to all the viewers out there, men or women, um, for a long time, because in school, I could not spell well, and spell, not being able to spell well caused me to freeze when I need to write. And so therefore I wasn't writing well. And you know, for all our classes, we pretty much had to write, whether it be biology or whether it be physics, it doesn't matter. You need to be able to write. So here I am not doing well in all those classes. And, you know, it started really in first grade where people would say that I was stupid and they would come out and say that, or they'd whisper, she's not that, you know, she's stupid. Um, and not, not, they weren't even that nice to say, she, she's not that intelligent. They'd say, just, she's stupid. And yeah. I carried that around for so long that it almost became paralyzing when I'd have to do something because I'd say, I can't do that because I'm stupid. I can't, do that because I'm stupid. And, and one area where I was finally able to break that was when I had my son, I said to myself when I was playing classical music, as I was pregnant, because they said, if you play classical music, it helps with the child's development in the womb. And then when they come out, so when he was born, my husband and I agreed we'd play classical music every night for him to go to sleep. And I, I said, here's my chance. I never want my son to feel the way I did. I never want him to think he's stupid. So therefore, I cannot call myself stupid. Because if I call myself stupid, and then the next breath, somebody else, somebody says to him, you look like your mom, he will take on believing he is stupid as well. So therefore, I have to, I can hold that tight inside of me, but I cannot allow him to hear me ever say that or hear me say neg negative things, or he will take that on. And it was it was really interesting because right around um, 45 years old, I went and I applied uh, to Stanford Executive Program in Business um, and was accepted. And I'll never forget going onto that campus. And as I entered the campus and I'm right by the sign, I cried. I cried because I said, wow, I managed to apply and get in. I didn't get in because of money or, or anything else. I got in because of an invention I actually came up with and, and how I approached the market. And wow, maybe I wasn't stupid. And, and we can hold ourselves back by the things people say to us. And we need to shed that.
I mean, look at that whole life. I went from birth to 45 years old feeling like that about myself. Thank God I protected my son and I didn't use those words out loud. But look at what I've done. Think about how many parents out there talk negative about themselves and then their kid says, and then their kid's told, oh, you look just like mom. And they hear mom saying all that stuff. Or, or even think about a little boy who might have a mom and, and mom says, you're just like your father. And, and if she's saying it in a negative way, meaning dad's no good and you're just like, what does that do to somebody? It, it harms them and they got their whole lifetime where it could potentially harm them. So words are so important, those words that we use about ourselves. You know, I think you've just, you've just kind of solidified where we find those negative talk words in our head. Everybody says, where did that negative story come from? You've just, I think you've just hit it on the head. We learned it. And our parents didn't mean for us to learn it. <laughs> or the people that, you know, when we were in school, you know, nobody really thought that, oh, you know, me, I thought I wasn't smart, not smart. And, you know, well, she can sing. There you go. Well, okay. Well, I didn't know that singing was an intelligence. It wasn't intelligence, but I didn't know that at the time because it came easy, right? And I'm not smart. So this must be easy, right? <laughs> singing is easy, right? Or, Oh, well, she's pretty. She'll be fine. So what did I do? I, w I went to theater and I did modeling also. But I like to ask questions and I wanted to understand certain things. And even though I was wrestling with all of the others, that negative story was there. And, you know, my mom's dyslexic. So I think, you know, I think that's really interesting because my mother does have that negative story. So when you said that, that really resonated in me. And I'm wondering if anybody who's listening to the podcast caught what Brenda just said. It's the stories that our parents don't mean to give, but if they have a negative story inside, it can get passed down without even us knowing it. That's powerful. Wow, Brenda, thank you. That's powerful. You, you know, I, I saw one time a, a mother, um, she was upset with her son and, um, the, the, the son, her, her ex, um, was a, a criminal. And she was angry because she wasn't getting child support or any money for this kid. And she's yelling at the kid of, you're just like your father. You're no good. You're going to end up in jail. And, and I'm listening to this, and I'm watching this little innocent five-year-old, like, melting. And I'm, imagine the way he's feeling. And, and then we ask ourselves when he's 18 years old, gee, why is he committing crimes? Why is he behaving like this? Why does it, why is he detached from, from human beings? It, it's because of what was said to him as a child. And, and that's, the, you know, if anything comes from this, the biggest thing is, is whatever you anchor into a child, can destroy their lives or it can make their lives. It's true. That's and true. let's try really hard to anchor in positive instead of negative. And if we can't say something positive, don't say anything at all. Sure. This is where I want to go to teachers. Yeah. So I have a story because I was a, 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 as a, as a music person, um, I would, would do music programs for public school systems and arts program. And I had a child just like this and I saw him. This little guy was a leader. 
this was, he was in fifth grade and I, and the teacher said, well, he's a bit of a troublemaker. And everybody said, he's a troublemaker. And I, and I always would say, okay, don't anybody tell me I don't have a history with this person. I'm going to make him a leader. And I asked the teacher if that would be okay. Cause he was in a special needs program or in learning program because he didn't process words. Hey, he's right up my alley. I like this kid already. <laughs> he had problems with spelling. He wasn't, he was a different learner. He wasn't a visual learner. He was an auditory learner and he was a little leader and he was a troublemaker because he wasn't able to focus on stuff. Right. And the kids did follow him because they thought he was cool. He had qualities of a leader. So I put him in my little, my other little class, and he did not like that at all. He goes, I do not like being separated. And he even told me, well, I had him do a haiku. And the haiku, he made the scariest haiku possible. <laughs> he made a, it was a musical haiku, <laughs> and it was scary. It was just, he put really scary words, but he did the 575. He followed every little direction, but he just did it very, very scary. <laughs> and when I was all done. He was trying to shock me. When I was all done, I was like, huh. I said, you're smart. And he ran out and he said, no, I'm not. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. And I said, no, you're not. You followed every direction. You are not. And, and then he stormed out and I talked to a teacher and she told me that the mother tells him he's stupid all the time and that she never even wanted him. She wished he was never born. But the grandmother... The grandmother loved him and she had books for him and she was with him. And that was when I said, okay, we're going to change the program. I said, I, I, I almost used his name. I didn't want to do that. I, I asked him, I said, you know what? You're really smart actually. And I'd like you to help me with this musical storytelling that we're doing in the other class. Could you help me with that? I need somebody who can do some visuals, but you have to show me you can do this first. So we're doing this musical storytelling haiku and we're going to do it on the solar system. So everybody had a planet. He was all over that, Brenda. He was, he had the visuals. He had the music. He did boo, 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 boo. Very, he was right on top of it. And I had his project as the example of how we were going to do it in the class. And I had him as my TA. And I told him, you can't tell people how to do it. <laughs> You're just there to support them. <laughs> And by, by the end of that program, the teacher even said to me, she said, I'm really glad you came in here. It, the kids, he changed. I want No, you, what you, what you gave that little boy is at the end, a sense of purpose. He had no purpose. His mom was telling him she wished she never had him. You know, he's useless. You, he, she wished he was gone. And and he had no purpose. And that's the biggest thing. I think to circle all the way back to everything is don't all of us want to have a sense of purpose. And, and we want to do things that give us dignity and fill our souls that provides purpose in this world. And that's what keeps us alive. And keeps us all going. And it need to, as a, as a world, work together to support one another versus pulling each other down. Um, you know, I'll, I'll finish it with this to give up to paint everyone because everyone's been involved in it is, is think about our elections. You know, we just had a big one here in Wisconsin and um, and all I kept getting hit were were negative commercials. 
And I'm like, my God, I'm like, where did they find these two people? Is there nothing good about either of them? They could not tell me one good thing that they've done. Instead, it's all just pure negative. I, I'm not the only one. I talked to several people who are like, we can't wait till this election comes so we don't have to see this anymore. That's, and, actually, that brought us all together to, in one sense. Because <laughs> we didn't want to watch know, it anymore. It's like, it didn't matter what side of the aisle you were on. It was like, we can't stand this anymore. And I'm just like, why are we finding, if, if both of them are so bad, why can't we find someone competent? Is there no one competent in this world anymore? And that's got to change. We got to start looking at what is good about one another. There's got to be one good thing about each other to help us move forward and to positively affect our world. It's it's so important for our kids. Yes, yes, and I'm with you. And I think we're doing that today. And you know, as people are listening to this podcast, I really want to encourage everybody to think about the positive stories. You know, and think about the positiveness in you, in, in each one of us, right? If anything I take away, Brenda, what you've said today, I take that. That's my takeaway. Remember to forgive, forgive yourself, see, be positive, try to find the positive stories, right, about ourselves. How do you do that, Brenda? Yep. What, did, what did you do in your process? I stopped living here. See my hand. I stopped living here and I started to force myself to live here. Mm. It was a simple exercise. I do this often is if I'm having a bad dream or I'm having a bad thought, I'm really living here, right? I'm living tight. I'm breathing tight. Mm. Open up and just with all of our bodies. It's amazing Mm. how when you open up like this, where you open up your arms like this out it it changes your whole body structure and instantly it changes where we go so if people every day are like hey how can i change my mood how can i change something just just put your arms out and just embrace the good in the world and it immediately shifts your mind. Yeah. You know, you've given people a lot of tools today. Yeah. I, I, you know, one more tool I have to share, because this is so beautiful what you said. You remember um, Mr. Rogers? You know, Mr. Yeah. Ro- you remember Mr. Rogers? He did this wonderful exercise. And I, I remember this in the movie, too. But I had heard it before in a book or read it in a book. He would sit down and take time to feel all the love that had created him that we came out of love and he'd take a moment and it wouldn't just be your mom and dad. It'd be the teachers, your grandparents, but whoever loved, and it was whoever loved you into existence and just sit there for five minutes and feel that. You talking about this expansion made me think of that. That's that's so expansion's cool. Expansion's the right word. Live your life in expansion. Yeah. And feel fulfilled. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Brenda, God bless you. You are such a gift. Everybody, if you're Thank in Wisconsin, you. go to Cedarburg. Go to this <laughs> called I am a card. Come, come out. Good. <laughs> I'm a and, and just, for good. 
definitely at, at Fair Brew and Trade. Come see me. I'll pour you a cup of coffee. We can chat. <laughs> yes. And and definitely. what is another way for them to get a hold of you if they want to? You know, a great way to go ahead and be able to get a hold of me is um, we have uh, we've started a new group, uh, my partner and I, uh, Jesse, and it is uh, on Facebook, and it's Women Lead, um, and it is Mastermind Women Lead Mastermind, and uh, that's a great way to get in touch. Or also, you can always go to my website, which is www.iamaforceforgood.com. The four is the number four. And uh, you can always get a hold of me there, too. Oh, that's great. Brenda, Brenda thank, thank you so you. much for sharing your story. And, and I just want to thank Anchor. <laughs> and Spotify for allowing us this platform so we can share this story today on a point, sorry, share this story today with points of view. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you.